This is Levi Cooper coming to you from Paradise Senior Roshalayim. In the previous episodes, we've discussed how the mitzvah of Pijon Shvuim, securing the release of hostages, is a mitzvah rabbah, a great mitzvah. We also discussed how the sages in the Mishnah limited the mitzvah by telling us, She'en podinet ha-shvuim yoter al mehem. We do not pay exorbitant ransoms in order to secure the release of people who have been kidnapped. And the Talmud gives two reasons for that. One reason, because we do not want to put a burden on the community. And a second reason, because we do not want to incentivize people taking Jewish hostages. And we wondered, is that law actually ever applied? Do we ever say, no, we will not redeem a hostage. Let that kidnapped person stay in captivity because the price that is being demanded is exorbitant. Do we have any examples in our history where we left someone in captivity because the price was just too high? My dear friends, the most famous captive in the history of the Jewish people was Rav Meir of Rutenberg, the Maharam Mirutenberg, who was born in the year 1220 and passed away in the year 1293. The Maharam Mirutenberg was one of the great rabbinic authorities and an author of Tosfot on the Talmud. And in the year 1286, the Emperor Rudolf, who established the Habsburg dynasty, he decided that all the Jews in his realm are servi camere. They are servants of the treasury. And what that meant was that various rights that the Jews had were no longer granted to them. And many Jews decided that it was time to leave the realm of Rudolf. And they began to move from the area of Germany to Italy. And amongst those who left was the Maharam Mirutenberg. The Maharam was sighted in on the way and someone who had converted to Christianity, pointed out the Maharam and said he should really be taken as a captive. And the Maharam was put in a tower in Einzischheim. Today, that's in France on the border of Germany. And a ransom was demanded in order to secure his release. The story of the Maharam comes to us from Rav Shlomo Luria, the 16th century authority, the Maharshal. And before the Maharshal explains the story of the Maharam, first he tells us what was going on in the 16th century in Turkey. And the Maharshal tells us that in Turkey, the Jews have the custom of securing the release of hostages even though they pay 
way over the price. And they are willing to take on that burden, says the Marashal. And the Marashal praises them and tries, though, to explain how does this fit with the directive that we're not supposed to overpay to ransom hostages. And the Marashal explains that they do it of their own volition, perhaps suggesting that it's without rabbinic sanction. And the Marashal adds that nowadays, that means in the 16th century, there are not that many Jews and we need to save every one of them. And moreover, those people who are in captivity suffer tremendously. They are forced against their will to not to keep a Jewish life and to do work on Shabbat. And therefore the Marashal explains that in such a case of Sakanat Nefashot, the Jews of Turkey decided that they would pay whatever ransom they were asked to pay. And this fits what we've discussed previously the testimony of the Radbaz and of the Maharikash, Rav David ben Zimra and Rav Yaakov Castro, about the Jews of Egypt who would also be willing to pay whatever they were asked for, even if it was an exorbitant price. So the Marashal tells us that's what they did in Turkey. And then he then moves to the story of the Maharam Mirutenberg. And the Marshal tells us that he was grabbed, the, Marsh, the Maharam Mirutenberg was taken hostage in the year 1286. And when, they were, when the Jewish community was asked to ransom him, the Maharam Mirutenberg said, no, don't secure my release because they are asking too much for my release. And the Maharam sat as a hostage in jail for seven years, from 1286 until 1293. And in 1293, he passed away as a prisoner. The Marshal tells that story, he says, I don't understand. Certainly the Maharam Mirutenberg was one of the great authorities of the generation and we should have paid for whatever they asked because as we discussed in a previous episode, for a leading Talmud Chacham, we are allowed to pay an exorbitant amount. Perhaps the Maharam Mirutenberg felt out of humility that he wasn't so such a great person. And the Marashal explains that nevertheless, even that's what, if, if that's what he thought, nevertheless, the bitul Torah and the waste of time, certainly he should have allowed himself to be ransomed and to be set free. The Marashal explains that the Maharam of Rutenberg felt that if they secure his release by paying the exorbitant amount, then it will be open season on snatching Talmidei Chachamim because everybody knows that the Jews will pay whatever price they are asked. 
And then that will cause even more damage to the Jewish people and to the Torah. And the Marashal concludes his account by saying that the truth is, the truth is that the Maharam Mirutenberg was right because for 300 years there has not been, says the Maharshal, a trend of trying to take the leading rabbinic figures of the generation as hostages. And it seems that the Marshal concludes his discussion by saying that the Maharami Rutenberg was right, staying in jail for those full seven years as a prisoner, as a captive, as a hostage, just so as not to incentivize people who would take Jews as hostages and captives. But my friends, the story doesn't end there. Because even after the Maharami Rutenberg passed away in the year 1293, they did not release his body. And they continued to demand a ransom. And it was only after 13 years, in the year 1306, that a wealthy man from Frankfurt decided that he would pay for the Maharam's body and accorded a Jewish burial in the cemetery of Vermeiser, Worms. And that person, Harav Alexander Ziskind of Frankfurt der Main, was buried next to the Maharam Mirutenberg in Worms. That, my friends, is a tough story, the story of the Maharam Rutenberg. There are some scholars that have doubted the veracity of the story because it is retold 300 years after it actually happened. But whether the historic details are accurate or not, certainly the story of the Maharam Rutenberg is a foundational story, and whenever we ponder whether we should be paying exorbitant amounts the image of the Maharami Rutenberg sitting in that tower as a captive certainly comes before our eyes. Is that the only story we have? Were there other cases of rabbis, leading scholars of the generation who were taken captive? We'll have to explore that in a future episode. But that's all for now. Until the next time, to the Beat Midrash!